0: From a room that smells like popcorn, this is The Cinema Crew, with Village Cinemas. So you're not from around here? It's hard to explain. Marvel have filmed their namesake, finally. We have Captain Marvel.
1: You <laughs> didn't
0: Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem aren't speaking English in the new Spanish drama Everybody Knows. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but neither of those. Luckily Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello. both have. We have a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on as always. But first. So scrolls are the bad
2: guys. And you're a Cree. a race of noble warriors.
0: Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Marvel is so deep right now, from Iron Man to Spider-Man and the Hulk and Guardians of the Galaxy and the rest, that they may be running out of ways to go. So what do you do? You make a prequel, and that prequel is Captain Marvel.
2: Yeah, so in this one we have Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, and she's a Kree warrior who needs to protect Earth when it's infiltrated by Skrull. Now, not being a huge Marvel fan myself, I love the movies, but I don't know much about the comic book history. I was like, who are these people? What do these words mean? Does that mean that I is the I uh, think it was, yeah. The
1: go-to Marvel guy? All right, mm. l- let me get into this. So I will admit a slight bias before we even begin. Obviously, I used to read a lot of comics, especially back in my high school days. But of Marvel, there's the two characters I've always loved most. One is Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. Mm-hmm. The other one is Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. And I've always particularly liked her because she's a really funny, snarky kind of sarcastic character that doesn't take things too seriously, kind of quippy. And I will even admit prior to watching this film, I was a little even hesitant because all of the trailers I'm on, hadn't really shown that. But I'm really happy to say that this movie is so much fun. They have honestly kind of nailed that tone of crazy space adventure it's kind of fun and it's loud and it's almost kind of like flamboyant at times but it never loses sight of actually being a good story as well
2: yeah it's got that feeling of ant-man and the wasp that sort of humor marvel's really good at yeah it
1: has a lot of connections even some of the characters that share screen time with little bit guardians of the galaxy like which actually doesn't surprise me seeing that uh, one of the writing credits on this was Nicole Perlman who also wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So you can see that influence coming through where it it knows that it's silly so it just kind of leans into that instead of trying to make it serious.
2: Yeah, and talking of writers, what I love about this film is that it's the first, for Marvel, the first solo female-led movie and mm-hmm. the first female director as well. So.
1: It, it's almost. So <laughs> they, they almost gave a female a film but then they – it's a husband and wife. It's slightly disappointing, isn't it? You're like, you can do it, man. Just well, at
2: least there was a female partly directing this film. So close. Yes, and for the most
1: part, I think it's almost completely written by females as well. So yeah. this is a hugely female-centric movie. I guess the other one that you would naturally compare it to would be Wonder Woman, mm. which came out, what, two years ago now, which was for DC, the first female-led superhero movie uh, directed also by a woman. I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Wonder Woman, and I think that it... it does some of the themes that Wonder Woman was pressing forth with, I actually think this does slightly better.
2: Yeah, Captain Marvel is such a feminist character and she's not inherently female in this. It's not questioned. It's not really an issue or anything. The the costume is very unisex as well, like whereas Wonder Woman is wearing a short skirt and she's got her chest out and, yeah. and things like this. So I really feel like Captain Marvel is a bit more progressive for audiences these days
1: especially with the character of carol danvers it's actually interesting to even mention that because that kind of hasn't always even been the way she used to be known as miss marvel which has that mm. kind of prefix to it yeah. and her uniform was a little more uh scandally clad than it was rightfully so they just kind of skipped over that entire bracket of history mm. and went this is the better version
0: your life began the
2: day it nearly ended we found you With no memory, we made you one of us. So you could live longer, stronger, superior.
1: You were reborn. So who plays Captain Marvel?
2: Well, that's Brie Larson. And... Probably know her from Room. She's done a few other things.
1: Yeah, even she was in 21 Jump Street and Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. So she's done the silly and she's done the serious and she Mm. can kind of meld the two. Yeah. I think what's important and what they really got right about Captain Marvel is that she's a very serious character in that what she wants to do is serious. But she's got like a cheek to her as well. Where she's she's got like this little smirk, where nothing's quite as serious as it should be. In the same way, I guess it's Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. has a similar thing. He's noble, but he's kind of doing it with a sarcastic kind of wit.
2: Yeah, what I like as well, they didn't make her to like a fish out of water like they did with Aquaman, pardon the pun, and <laughs> Thor as well in the original movies. They they made those characters from other planets, from other societies and they come into the human world and they're like oh what's a sandwich i don't know how do i do <laughs> human things whereas captain marvel just kind of comes to earth and she's like yeah cool hi how you going have a normal conversation think the story keeps moving it's not a thing that they get hung up on
1: yeah she's smart enough to work it out yeah
0: where's your head at in the clouds where's yours on my
2: shoulders about to show these boys how we do it you ready Higher, further, faster,
0: baby. That's right. So these big films, they often have like, they say, you know, to big stars, come and do a cameo, come and do a cameo. You you can spend two days on set, you'll get it all shot and you'll be like one of the big stars of a movie. Are there any
1: massive cameos in this film? What initially looked like it was going to be a cameo, which is uh, Sam Jackson, Uh, ends up being like the second lead in this movie. Mm. Important to note as well, since it's set in 1995, As Marvel often do in their movies, they've digitally de-aged him and he looks like Jurassic Park era Sam Jackson again. He's got the little crop of uh, black hair on his head. It's almost bizarre to see. But he's in this so much more than I was expecting him to be.
2: Yeah, that that digital de-aging process was so flawless. And what that brings to it is there's a lot of nods to what happens in future Marvel movies because this one's a prequel. And if you haven't seen all of the Marvel movies, it doesn't really matter. But if you have, it adds that deeper appreciation to it. But instead of just pushing it in your face, like nudge, nudge, hey eh? eh, Hey, look, we got this thing. Like I found they do that with the, the Harry Potter movies, Fantastic Beasts. They're just kind of pandering to the audience. This one is much more subtle.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as good as Brie Larson is and as good as Samuel L. Jackson is, I walked away and everyone that I talked to after the movie tended to agree that the scene stealer, or, or the movie stealer, I guess, was actually Ben Mendelssohn. Oh, really? Yeah. As the villain. He is the leader of the Skrull. And we should explain what the Skrull are. They're like a green-looking uh, lizard alien race, but they're shapeshifters. Yeah. So once they get to Earth, you don't really know who is a Skrull and who isn't. And he kind of does dual roles as the leader of the Skrulls in his lizard makeup, but also as the human Ben Mendelssohn that he is pretending to be. And he is so good.
2: Yeah, and they keep his Australian accent in it. As well, which is great.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's always, I think, is this the Marvel's first Australian character? I think it might be.
2: Yeah. They had New Zealand. Now we get Australia.
1: <laughs> so who should see this film?
2: Look, if you like any of the Marvel movies, if you like female-led superheroes, I enjoyed this as much as Black Panther, I think, on that level. Really great superhero movie.
1: If you love just fantastic 1990s soundtracks, which this has an amazing one, yeah. then you're also going to love it. But... Obviously, stay until the end of the credits because Marvel are known for their little, you know, their secret scenes after the end of the credits. Also in cinemas, A Dog's Way Home. A heartwarming family film about a dog finding her way home. Greta. A suspenseful
2: thriller with Chloe Grace The
1: King of Thieves. A surprisingly dark film about a bunch of senior citizens trying a huge diamond heist. You can hear about all of those
0: by clicking on the previous episode on whatever podcast app you're in right now.
2: And you come home to a place of old friends and family traditions. Some things change and some don't. But even when life has moved on, the past doesn't always stay in the past. It isn't too
0: uncommon for married couples to pop up on screen together. Generally speaking, it means you can forego the chemistry test. But new film, everybody knows, will be at least the third time Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem have popped up together since they married in
1: 2010. And this one is all in Spanish. Yes, yeah, so this is from the director Asghar Fahadi, who had an Academy Award winning film a few years ago called A Separation. And he is well known for his very kitchen sink drama, kind of a slice of life movies. And this is very much that. And uh, it's good to mention that because this is completely in Spanish. I think we should point that out. Just I know that that sometimes turns people off, which I don't think it should. But the, the story of this movie is about Laura, who's played by Penelope Cruz. And she returns home to her hometown of Madrid for a wedding. But tragedy kind of strikes when at the wedding her daughter is kidnapped by somebody possibly at the wedding or in the town and this family needs to kind of come together and work out who has taken their daughter as well as kind of resolving their own conflicts that have been boiling up over the years.
2: Is this our first foreign language film? Yeah, you know what? It like might it be. Is. Yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> What I like about this one is because I'm reading a lot of the subtitles that the movie itself wasn't confusing. As (laughs) as confusing as that plot line sounds, someone gets kidnapped, there's family drama, there's all these secrets that come out, it was still progressed in a linear fashion. There wasn't any back flashes, flashbacks, which, (laughs) you know, there wasn't any flashbacks. There wasn't anything confusing that I needed really to concentrate on. What they did really well, what they concentrated their effort on was making that mystery and suspense feeling with some really solid realistic characters. Yes. I actually rather enjoyed this movie. My only problem was it was a little
1: long, I think. Like its pacing was a little slow in mm. parts, but there's these almost entire like you know, 30-minute sequences that are single scenes between two or three characters that are so well acted. Mm. And it's almost perfectly acted almost you could see that this might have even been a stage play once which it wasn't but you can imagine it's that kind of it's person on person drama there's no huge fight scenes there's no huge action set pieces but it keeps you just as interested through secrets that are being divulged about each character and their families and things like
2: that and that is not an easy thing to pull off
0: just all about that emotion
2: yeah i can see how some people might feel that it is too slow ...too long perhaps. If you like those movies that delve really deep into character stories... ...and the characterizations, I think that's what it's good at. That's what you're going to go in for.
1: And for me I would say the clear standout uh, is uh, Javier Bardem plays a character called Paco... ...who isn't technically part of the family... ...but you, you kind of find out his connection throughout the film. But he was... Kind of he played that dual thing of being so warm and inviting and almost kind of a, a cuddly personality but also don't mess with this guy mm. and I loved every moment he was on screen. He was by far my favourite character I think.
0: So uh, are Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz together in this film? Is, that, is Do you see their chemistry that they might have offstage on screen?
2: Definitely. Yeah, it gets steamy. And <laughs> who doesn't love watching beautiful people on the screen? <laughs> That's
1: true, but Javier Bardem rocking the dad bod in this movie a little bit, did you notice? <laughs> yeah. But just, hasn't yeah. he always had that? I think he has a little mm. bit. That's almost like his appeal, isn't and yeah. he's, he's almost like a, an everyman.
0: I just love the idea of Javier Bardem being a dad bod and an everyman in No Country for Old Men. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you definitely see hints of that sort of character come out. He's like really invested in rescuing this girl and he goes to all these lengths to find out what he can. So you could see this maybe No Country for Old Men is after this film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would have gone way off the deep end <laughs> if this was a prequel. <laughs> a
0: lot of these types of films are really targeted at a, you know, an older crowd. Let's be honest. Is this a good entry point if you if you want to go to a foreign film? Is it is it dramatic enough? Is it is you know does it pull you along enough?
2: Yeah, I think it does. Because for me, a lot of European films, and especially with this director, he's an Iranian filmmaker. A lot of his other films are quite similar with plot and themes. So I've seen a lot of reviews saying, "Oh, this is nothing new to me because he does such similar work." Well, for me, it's the first time I've seen anything of his. So. I really enjoyed it. I didn't see anything boring or repetitive about it. And because, as I said earlier, it's got this linear progression to it and realistic characters, it's something you can really connect with and follow along easily.
1: And it's worth noting as well that even though it is a foreign language film, it's not so far removed from the kind of film you would see anyway, made in English language. It's just uh, an an original film that happens to be in another language. So it's not like you're going Mm. to be completely on another planet here. Mm.
0: Well, it does seem like foreign language films are having a huge moment. Like Roma was the presumptive favourite at the Oscars for best film until Green Book took it, which, you know, people are saying is because of a preferential voting system that they use at the Oscars like we have in Australian politics, but is so confusing to Americans. And they're like, if they didn't have that, then Roma would have won is the sort of rumour around Hollywood at the moment, which a foreign language black and white film with no stars at one best picture. So it does seem like it's having a bit of a moment and this one is In Colour with Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem.
2: Yeah, I think that makes it more accessible for English-speaking audiences as well and having that precedent of Roma having won an award and being more, because it's available on Netflix, more available to people. I think that English-speaking people as their first language might view foreign language films a bit more differently
1: or they just wait for the inevitable worse remake of it, like <laughs> like they've done with The Untouchables yeah. recently. But I think Roma is a good comparison point, especially because that did end up winning Best Foreign Film at the Academy Awards, which is exactly what Asghar Fahadi's last film, A Separation, did. It won all the same awards that Roma has been winning but less known. So hopefully now Roma has kind of solidified foreign films as they're nothing to be scared of. People will actually give this a chance.
2: Well, and you don't have to wait for it to come out in a festival. It's yeah. not something so obscure and unattainable that it's more available to regular audiences.
0: So who should see this film?
2: If you like foreign language films, it's got a good European feel to it. It's got some good mystery and solid characters. And it did remind me of Vicky Cristina Barcelona, which Penelope Cruz and Javier <laughs> Bardem
1: were in as well. I think that's the film that they met. Yeah, the, the location of this film is just absolutely beautiful. We should mention, though, it is in limited release, so do make sure you check where it's playing. It's not playing, obviously, as large as Captain Marvel. For your chance to win a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass, go to Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment
0: on the Cinema Crew post answering the question...
1: Obviously, with Captain Marvel gracing
0: the screens for the first time, we want to know who is your favourite superhero. Answer that and you could win. Next week, we are taken back to the Mumbai terrorist attack in Hotel Mumbai. And Bill Nighy is back on screens in fantasy drama Sometimes, Always, Never. Anyway, that's next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Fari. Thanks. I'm Karen Wheatley, and we'll see you at the very least. You'll hear us next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.